a Podcast One production. Hi, you're listening to Crappy to Happy and I'm your host, Cass Dunn. I'm a clinical and coaching psychologist, mindfulness meditation teacher and author of the Crappy to Happy books. In this series, we look at all the factors that might be making you feel crappy and the tools and the techniques that will help you overcome them. In each episode, I introduce you to interesting, inspiring, intelligent people who are experts in their field, and my hope is that they will help you go from crappy to happy. In today's episode, I'm talking to Taryn Brumford, who is a fiercely passionate woman about helping other women stop hating their bodies and learning to love the skin they're in. She's the founder of the Body Image Movement and director of the internationally acclaimed Embrace documentary. I was so happy to have the opportunity to talk to Taryn and to help spread her message of self-acceptance and self-love. If you have ever struggled with body image issues, and I know that 90% of women do, then I think that you are going to take something really positive away from this conversation. So here she is, the wonderful Taryn Brumford. Taryn, for anybody who is not aware of who you are, and I think you're you're known globally now, but the backstory for you, just briefly, is that back in, was it 2013, you posted an unlikely or an unconventional before and after shot? Yeah, sure. So after I had my three children, I ended up hating my body and I tried to get my body back. That's what so many women are told to do, to get your body back. And um, I did everything. Nothing worked. I was going to have surgery. And I was going to have a breast augmentation and tummy tuck. And I booked it in. It was all scheduled. And then I had this epiphany, which was, how am I going to teach my daughter, Michaela, to love her body if I can't love mine? And if I have surgery, what will that do for the relationship she has with her body? Mm. And I will say at this point, if anyone's listening and you've had surgery, you have Botox, half of my friends do. There's no room for judgment in this body image movement. So it's it, this is my body, they're my choices, and your body, your choices. Mm. Um, but So I cancelled the surgery, but I was still plagued with the thought, what does it feel like to, to have the perfect body? So I said to my trainer at the gym, I said, all right, I want a bikini body. And she goes, I'll train you. Enter a bodybuilding competition. I was like, I am not doing that. And then before I knew it, I was doing it and eating chicken and broccoli and training and obsessing and calories in, calories out, weighing myself. And I got, I guess for me, which was, I guess, a near perfect bikini body. And I got up on stage in a silver bikini, teeny, tiny bikini thing. Um, and they can only be described as a porno shoes, you know, those like platform, yeah. like you need to see the picture to really stilettos. understand. Yeah, stilettos, a little bit more so than that. But um, got on stage and there I was in that body that I had wanted my whole life. And all I thought was, oh, this is way too hard. I cannot sustain this lifestyle for the rest of my life. So um, I decided that my body was not an ornament. It is the, it's the vehicle to my dreams. It's the vehicle in life. And I got off stage and a few months after I put the weight back on and some people had been speaking to me, some friends had said, Tyron, you've put weight back on, but you seem so happy. How can this be? And that was the inspiration for that very sort of casual, oh, just do a reverse, you know, before and after photograph. And it just went crazy viral. It did, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, like over 100 million views in that first 12 months. I mean, it was... 
at that stage, I was working as a photographer. I had three young children. I'd never ever uh, done a media interview. Um, It was just life changed in that moment. And I'm really grateful that it has because it's given me a platform to talk about what is a really important subject for lots of women and to now talk about, you know, the practical strategies and how we can move beyond hating our body. And I'm really curious about when that happened and that went global. And I remember that. And for a lot of people that could have just been, well, almost like a viral internet sensation that just died overnight, you know, was forgotten just as quickly. But you just ran with it, didn't you? Well, you know, that came from a sense of frustration as well. I mean, I I spent a lot of time doing media interviews around the world, TV interviews, and I remember getting three or four minutes to talk about my story and it was treated like a a viral sensation, um, internet sensation, and it really frustrated me because... What people didn't know was that I had received over 7,000 emails and messages from people all around the world after they saw that before and after photograph, sharing their stories of misery and heartache and heartbreak about how they felt about their body. So I felt this real uh, responsibility, I guess, to do something uh, with all of that pain um, and see if we can work together and open up conversation and find some solutions. So, yeah, it was a frustrating time for me. Um, uh, It was a new kind of world doing all these media interviews. I remember in the beginning, I was so nervous. Like, I can't talk on TV. I can't do this. It was nerve wracking, right? It's just not my life. Um, But I just had to sort of pull my socks up and, and get on with it. And I really love people. And... I know that sounds a bit weird, right? I love people, but I do. And I just it I know really I just know how it feels to hate your body and I, I spent years feeling feeling like I was sidelined in my life and unable to do a myriad of things because of the 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 hatred that I felt. Yeah. And I guess it's just not we don't have to buy into the messages that it, that tell us we should be something other than what we are. We can choose an alternative. So um and that's the message I spread now. And it's, you know, there's this momentum that's gathering of women going, yep, I'm done with hating my body. I'm going to choose the alternative. I, one thing that I was really intrigued about with your story, and I think it's worth talking about, is that you, first of all, considered surgery. And then you decided, you know, for good reasons and for your own reasons, that that wasn't an option for you. And then you went down the uh, healthy, um, inverted commas, path of, you know, clean eating and training and bodybuilding and and all of that, which often is seen as being a really admirable thing to do, to be disciplined and train and focus on your health. But for you, these were both manifestations of the same thing, which is hating your body. I, I think that happens a lot. I think that there are people out there who are very focused on being fit and healthy when really that's coming from a place not of self-love but of or my self-punishment or just a, an, a core belief that who that their normal body is not enough. It's not attractive. It's not ideal. It's not what they want. How do we help people to pull that apart, to recognise where some of those so-called healthy behaviours may be coming from not a healthy place? It's funny because the first part of your question I was thinking about when I was training for the bodybuilding competition, I remember walking through the schoolyard 
and having mums come up to me and tell me how inspirational I was. Mm. You're so inspiring. And I used to walk away and scratch my head and thought, hang on, I'm the same person I was 12 months ago. Um, I've just lost some weight. Mm. Um, How messed up is that, that now all of a sudden weight loss has become inspiring to people? And I actually think there's a real lesson in that for all of us that we do not talk about someone's weight loss or weight gain ever. Mm. It's not something that we should be congratulating people on because what happens is we see people who go on these, you know, transformations, they lose weight. Everyone's like, yay, well done you. And we know the cycle. They, they 95% of the time when you diet, you put the weight back on. Yes. So what happens when that same person's walking through the schoolyard? Are they less inspirational? Should they hang their head in shame because they've put the weight back on? So um, I'm always telling people, forget about weight loss, weight gain. I don't care how many kilos you are on the scales. Um, my my interaction with you is uh, is is uh, is about a conversation. It's about an energy exchange. It's about the laughter we share. It's about the times we spend together. It's got nothing to do with kilos. I do think that people are um, a little lost on their fitness and their health journey. Yeah. Um, Because I think there's a level of obsession um, that's now, there's a layer of this obsession um, that's added to wanting to be healthy and fit. There's nothing wrong with with having goals. Um, And there's nothing wrong with saying, yeah, I want to have lots of energy so my kids have to keep up with me. Or I want to run a marathon. I say that because I've just announced yesterday I'm running a marathon. So I'm trying to get my head around actually saying the words, I'm running a marathon. I saw that Um, on social media, uh, by the way. We'll get to that. Yeah. Oh, do we? have to. I know, I know. Um, I'm very excited. Uh, look, I think we can have these goals, um, but we need to really sit in the space of how we feel about the level of obsession um, and the amount of time we spend thinking about, say, how a particular part of our body looks. Yes. Let's talk about that. When you talk about the amount of time we spend obsessing about how we look. You know, I've seen some research that says 90% of women across every age group, um, this was a US study that came out where they looked at women who, you know, what your current body type is, what you perceive it to be and what your preferred body type is. And 90% from the age, I think it was from 15 up till 80, um, had a vast significant discrepancy between their current body type and their preferred body type. And so what that does, which you know as well as anybody, is that it takes all of this energy and mental energy away from all of the other things that we could be doing in life to bring us joy. Yeah, that's right. It's and it's it is it it is wasted energy. And I sometimes think about all of that collective energy. And mm. especially being a woman in 2019, I mean, what a year 2018 was. Um, and we haven't even really hit our straps yet because so many of us are, are so yes, let's rise up, let's stand up, let's use our voices, um, uh, let's disrupt, let's do all this. But on the side, going, oh God, I hate my cellulite, and I'm going to put this cream on my face to take away the lines on my face. You know, so we've got a long way to go. Um, But I'm actually really excited by um, 
all of that energy that we've wasted because there is an, an alternative. And I think this is one of the things that people, um, in my experience over the last six years, have found that the best outcome of embracing our, your body is having this energy, is having that mental energy and clarity. And it allows you to pursue um, other goals. Um, and that's what we're here to do. We're here to enjoy our bodies. We're not meant to spend our life at war with our bodies. And I think we've just forgotten it. I think we've just gone so far down the road and we're kind of all looking at each other going, well, this is not fun. Hating our bodies doesn't feel very good, does it? <laughs> and now we're going, okay, let's backtrack and let's, let's head on the path that we were always meant to be on. I always say though to women, and I know that you probably have the same message, that if you feel badly about your body, you know, if you have a body image issue, because I think now we're kind of getting to the point where we recognise that this is, this is not right, like this is not the ideal to be down on ourselves for how we look, but we find it really hard to escape it. And I always say to women, but don't blame yourself. Like don't go down the path of being self-critical of your self-judgment. Do you know what I mean? Because, <laughs> sure. because we don't see the, like the fish doesn't see the water in which it swims. We absorb and we internalize these messages. So let's just start with opening up our minds. And I'm sure you can talk about this to where did those body images, image issues come from? We, we weren't born hating our bodies. None no, of us. No, that's right. So where do they come from? And we all know, but let's talk about it. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's multifactorial. Mm. Um, uh, the 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 media, magazines, TV. Um, we we endlessly talk about the media being a big problem, and it is. But also, um, when I speak to women, I'm, I'm, the conversation around what they were taught when they were growing up is a big part of their relationship and their values around their bodies. Mm. Like, how did their mum view her body, and what were the conversations that happened in the household? Um, I think it's also, I think it makes industries, you know, billions of dollars yeah. to have women feel poorly about their bodies. That's right. I mean, the diet industry, the beauty industry, cosmetic, um, the weight loss industry. I mean, billions and billions of dollars. It's really profitable to have women hating their bodies. So um, I, I think, yeah, as I say, it's multifactorial. But I think we need to take the blinkers off because these are our lives. And I'm not sure what the demographic of your listeners are. I mean, I'm 41. Yep. How, how, You're smack was, bang in the, in the demographic. Am I? I feel like I was just on the dance floor at the club, like only last night. And then in a blink of an eye, I'm 41. 27. I believe we all, our personality kind of, we're we're all inside, we're a 27-year-old. Yeah, right. Is that, is, is, that a, is that a thing, Doctor? I don't know. I don't know, but for me it is. still think of myself yeah. as a 27-year-old. Oh, that's right. But look, we're, you know, I think we're waking up and going, oh my gosh, life is actually really short. Um, how did I get here? And I'm not going to do this anymore. And I guess that's where change begins. It begins with a choice and it begins with that awareness of, oh, I've bought into something that's just not real and I'm now going to do something about it. I uh, have was reading your book, actually. We haven't even talked about the fact that you did a documentary, but we will. <laughs> I think most people are familiar with the Embrace documentary and you've also written the Embrace book. And what you pointed out there, which I thought was so valid, is that we come to view, what we come to view as attractive is what we continually see. And 
you know, we hear people talking about, oh, but back in the 50s, we thought Marilyn Monroe was beautiful. And then in 60s, some other body type was we thought was beautiful. And what we decide is attractive is what we what is continually put in front of us. And so if we are continually seeing the same narrow kind of criteria, the same narrow version of woman, then naturally we come to assume that that is the ideal. That's what we all need to aspire towards. I I think people probably don't even realise that. I mean, look, I think, I mean, I covered that off in Embrace the Doco really quickly. In fact, it was a very last minute decision to throw that in uh, about two days before we locked the film. So it wasn't ideal for anyone, but I'm really glad we got it in there because beauty through the ages, if you stop and think about it, who is coming up with the rules that say in 1920, if you've got a straight up and down figure and no boobs, that is attractive. And then who says in the 1950s that a curvaceous, you know, Marilyn Monroe body is what we should all aspire to. And then we've got the supermodels in the 80s um, and we've had the sort of the big bum, small waist, big boobs, um, the Botox look. Who, Who is saying this? Like who is coming up with all these, this is how you should look in this era? Like don't you think it's just crazy when you stop and pause? It's like passing fashions. It really is. It's like fashion trends that change season to season. But we're, uh, we're yeah. living our lives. I loathe nothing more than, than watching I, I rarely watch morning TV, but when I see someone pop up and go, this season you must have, it's like, what, who are you going to tell me what I should have in my wardrobe? It just doesn't really make sense. But I guess this is the treadmill that I that I speak about. You know, the treadmill of beauty um, that we buy into, that we try to be, um, we don't get there, uh, we feel bad about ourselves. This is really a vicious cycle. So if we just remove ourselves from wanting to look that way, uh, aspire to have that body and just rather settle into what we have and make decisions that make us feel good, regardless of what everybody else might be doing, that is where we'll find our true joy. I wanted to, to also talk to you about the fact that it can't be ignored, and I think this is a part of the problem, that we have an obesity epidemic. We have too much junk food on our shelves. We have too much, you know, quick convenience process for all of the rest of it, stress, whatever else is contributing to that. And I think that we've been also picked up the message that we're not living a healthy lifestyle and that we need to clean up our diets and we need to move more. But then on the other hand, when does that become too much. You know, that takes me back to that gym question about the clean eating and the training, and that's all very inspiring. I think women really struggle to find the balance between how do I focus on my health and fitness? When am I becoming too obsessed with how I look? And and when does body positivity, you know, to be devil's advocate, become an excuse to not exercise or eat well because I should just accept myself exactly how I am? You know, where do we find the, the, the healthy balance? Yeah. So, I mean, body positivity is not about promoting mediocrity. Not at all. And I wholeheartedly agree that we have too much uh, processed, sugar-filled foods, junk food, um, and that we need to to go back to, um, to fuel our bodies with food that's been blessed by the sun in its most natural state and form. I mean, it's pretty easy. It's, yeah. not, it's, 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 it's not complicated at all. But what we need to remember, and you would know this uh, with your background, is that shame and fear and guilt 
never drives positive health outcomes for people. True. So the body positive movement uh, will only uh, inspire and educate uh, and uh, promote people to living their healthiest life. I mean, I know that now in the body that I'm in, uh, I've never had more energy than I've got now. Um, Mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, I feel really balanced. And I think this is what we forget in the whole conversation when we focus far too much on the obesity epidemic. We're forgetting about mental health. Mm. We're we're forgetting about what's what's as equally as important as physical health. I received an email from a woman... One of the 7,000 emails that I received was from a woman who said to me, um, uh, I I live in a fat body, I'm overweight, I I recognise that, um, but every single day I am just trying to keep my head above water. As a child, I was uh, sexually abused. Mm -hmm. No one knows you're the first person I've told and all I can do each day is just survive. We're very complex, us human beings. And the way that the obesity epidemic is packaged at us is not helping. So we need to come at it from a space of, and it sounds so woo-woo, but it's true and it works, is self-love and self-care and self-respect and all those lovely things. I 100% agree. I just thought it was really necessary to um, have that conversation Um, because I I say exactly the same thing. We have to start with self-compassion. Everything has to start from that place because there's no, I mean, there's plenty of research to support that fact that Mm. uh, self-criticism, which drives a lot of this dieting and, you know, all of the rest of it, um, negatively relates to goal achievement. It also is highly correlated with anxiety and depression. So uh, letting go of the self-criticism is hugely important. So Taryn, I, uh, in my role as the psychologist in an online fitness and wellbeing program, I hear this question every day and I'm sure, you know, you come across it all the time in your work too. So for our listeners, it comes up every day but what do I do where do I start with changing this like I I hate how I look I won't get in photographs I haven't swum in the beach with my kids or the pool with my kids for x number of years because I would never reveal my legs in a pair of swimmers I haven't worn a sleeveless top in five years because I hate my arms and where do I start they think the answer is that I just have to change how I look Mm. But it's obviously, it's not that. It's about changing how they feel about themselves. So what are some of the things that you suggest for people? Where do they start? I, I, we, we at the Body Image Movement, we still receive every single week over a thousand emails and messages every single week. We are so inundated. And yes, we are global um, and we have a large community, but I'm still floored by the amount of the volume of people just going, oh, I hate this. What do I do? But I'm also as equally excited by it as well, because that's where change begins yes. is, okay, I'm done. I want... Um, I want to live a different life. I want to have a, a, a more positive relationship with my body. Um, so, look, I think it's about getting informed and reading and educating yourself and finding your tribe and turning to social media and, you know, filling up your feed with positivity as just one of the very small one thing that pe- everyone can do.
do. Remove people from your newsfeed that don't make you feel good about your body and fill up your newsfeed with people that inspire you to go out and want to do and move your body and but it's not about diets and and weight loss per se um so i think what people need to know about change is that a fun dynamic adventurous meaningful joyful life it doesn't just magically happen this kind of life won't fall into your lap wouldn't it be good if it did mm. you've got to put the effort in but my oh my the the return on the effort is truly out of this world so make the investment in you. And this is actually something that women aren't particularly good at. You know, the, the burnt chop analogy, I, I, I caught up with Quentin Bryce last year and she was talking about how women, you know, um, at a family gathering will sort of, uh, mums will give themselves the burnt chop and feed everyone else. It's a great analogy. Such a, it's such a great analogy, isn't it? It's so true. But we have to put ourselves first. We have to fill up our our cup. If we're going to be of true service to others and live this life that we want, we've got to put in the effort. Yes, and it is not selfish. Self-care is not selfish. I drive that message too because we, we still hear it all the time. How do I make the time? I can't. I feel this... this anxiety, like this guilt inside me if I want to take any time out and look after myself. Same. Self-love is not selfish, you know, nor is it vanity. Mm. It's self-love will help you sort of rise up and stand up, um, chase the dream. I even say to women, orgasm more, love more, <laughs> laugh more. Like, you know, that that is what self-love is, is all about. But it doesn't have to be big and bold. It could just be, um, and this is something I do, on days where my schedule is hectic, I set a timer um, on my phone on the hour um, every hour throughout the day, I just take three minutes out, like three minutes. Everyone can find three minutes in an hour just to breathe, just mm. to centre myself, just to find, you know, my happy place again before heading back into, you know, whatever's next. We've got to make the time um, because we are worth it. And three minutes can make a huge difference. I teach, a, I'm, I want to talk about your program in a moment, but I teach a mindfulness course and the backbone of that course, people think it's all about sitting and meditating for 20 minutes or 40 minutes every day. It's a three minute breathing space throughout your day is what really is, you know, makes an enormous difference. It's incredible, isn't mm. it? Um, I've, I've been an on-off meditator for years um, and in the last few months I've been working really hard just to stop um, and take that time. And the difference in my day when I do versus when I don't, it's incredible. Taryn, you mentioned social media. Earlier we talked about how we are constantly fed this media diet of what is supposed to be the ideal, you know, beautiful woman and how that influences our perceptions and our aspirations. How is social media playing into that? Because, of course, now with social media where we're all, we have access to filters and um, even our real life photos are being enhanced and edited and fixed. Where do we start with with that? Have you got 
it's <laughs> where do we start <laughs> with the fact that people are face tuning and filtering and photoshopping just their selfies, just their social media feed now. Yeah. This was once a space just for the magazines, um, but now we're we're photoshopping out our our own selves in our lives. Like it, it's crazy. Um, I actually get a little bit frustrated with celebrities who talk about uh, positive body image, and yet you'll open up a magazine and they're there selling an anti-wrinkle cream with their face completely photoshopped. Um, We know how much we look up to celebrities as a society um, and it it needs to start with them and filter back down where we start seeing the lines on their faces. And look, it's a really slippery slope is looking at an image of yourself and wanting to change it because when you go to the mirror five minutes later, you're not that person. No. Um, Look, I think we need to fill up our feed with positive role models and I know no one better who does it than Celeste Barber. Yes, I love her. I I just think that is true joy and fun and happiness right there. And look, I think she's done more for the world than actually what she truly knows. Um, she's she's given us a lot of laughs, but she's removing layers of this the stupidity of what we do and what a lot of women engage in that's making us miserable. Um, it's making ourselves miserable. It's making your friends miserable when they see you all photoshopped and face-tuned on, on Instagram and they want to look like you, but that's not actually what you look like. It's just, it's a big melting pot of misery if we keep going down this road. We've just got to stop. And it's starting younger and younger. I was, I sometimes get called up, you know, to do interviews on the news radio and I got a call one morning asking, could I comment on the fact that teenage girls were looking to get cosmetic surgery to look more like their face does in their Snapchat filters. Teenage girls or young women in their 20s are having preventative Botox. There's not even I've a met wrinkle a couple. yet. I've met, I've met a couple of young girls. In fact, um, I wrote about it in my first book. I was at a news agency and uh, I was getting a magazine and there was three young girls who were standing there talking about preventative Botox. So, of course, my ears pricked up and I'm lurking around them, pretending I'm looking at whatever horse magazine or gardening <laughs> magazine, which I don't even read. Um, and eventually I had to say to them, ladies, I need to talk to you. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not here actually buying a magazine. I overheard your conversation. What the heck? What? They were 17. Mm. It's just crazy to be so disconnected from your incredible body at such a young age. And look, I've met six-year-olds on diets. Um, I've met eight-year-old uh, girls who just want to change everything about their bodies. And it's really sad, isn't it, that this is what it's come to. And the word that you used just then, disconnected, we are disconnected from our bodies. That is exactly the issue, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I think we need to focus. And if there's one thing that everyone can walk away and do, it's just remember to focus more on how you feel as opposed to how you look. Um, because, look, I see people running to tops of mountains these days. Um, there's a there's a mountain here in Adelaide, Mount Lofty, and you get to the top and everyone's looking at their watches instead of looking at the view. Like they're looking at their watches to work out how many calories they've burnt. Oh. And it's such a, it's, when I, if, whenever I see that, and I see it every time, that is the disconnect right there, that we can't just sort of enjoy our bodies and move our bodies and, and look at what we've accomplished at the top of the mountain. We've got to look to our Fitbit or look, to our watch um, and it's doing us such a great disservice. 
Whenever this question comes up in my online communities, if somebody says, I hate how I look, how do I like myself more? Invariably, somebody mentions your documentary. Somebody always says, "Go, you have to go and watch the Embrace documentary. And I've seen it. I actually watched it on a plane. Um, but you have gone one step beyond that, right? Now you have created, uh, is it an online program that women can actually enroll in? And so rather than just watching that documentary and thinking, where do I go next? Well, now there's somewhere that they can go to actually start applying those changes. Yeah. We were inundated from, from people after they watched the film. They thought, yes, I want to embrace, and they were really inspired, but they, they kept emailing us saying, but we don't know how. So we spent two years developing what is now the Embrace You online course. It's a four-week online course, but it's really important for us that people feel uh, it's flexible. You can do it. We've had people who do it in four months. We have some people who um, do it in four days. Wow. and. It is just that real um, practical solutions and here is how I went from hating my body to embracing and loving my body. And we've had thousands of women go through the program and we have a crazy 98% success rate, which we are wow. so, we're so proud of. Um, and I think I think that's so high because when we developed it, it wasn't, should we put this in or should we not do this? It was just, let's, I just want every woman on the planet to feel this joy of embracing her body. So there's no holdback. It's like here is everything, but not in an overwhelming way because you get the materials for life. So unlike I think a lot of um, online programs, I'm not after anyone's repeat business. I want you to do embrace and go out there and bloody embrace. Like just good and on you. The only time I want you to come back and knock on our door is when you're telling us a success story. So, yeah, we are really proud of it. It is changing lives of women everywhere and... Um, yeah, it's fun and it's connecting women with their joy and that life that so many women want to live, um, that life of freedom, um, not sitting on the sidelines, jumping into the ocean, not worried about going to the change rooms. You know, that's such a place of misery for women. Um, having sex with the lights on, being connected to your body, just just having fun. You know, one of the regrets of the dying um, from nurse, uh, palliative nurse Bronnie Ware. She wrote about uh, the regrets of the dying was that uh, people lived a life that wasn't theirs, that wasn't their own. Mm. And this is... This is what underpins this course for me is that we're just here for such a short amount of time and I just want women to develop these skills and change their lives and live their lives and have fun. And get in the photo. That's oh, such a big one, gosh. isn't it? Like you want yes. your kids to look back and have photos of themselves with their mum and how many mums are just not getting in the photo because, oh, but I don't look very good. That's yeah, I was a photographer one. for 10 years um, and I did family f photography and the amount of times that the mum would either say that, I hate having my photograph taken, or could you just Photoshop this part of me away? And I just, yeah, it doesn't have to be that way. One other thing I really wanted to talk to you about, I saw this on your social media, is that you're running a marathon and uh, not your first, am Second. I right? Second marathon mm -hmm. and that this one is to raise funds to create an Embrace documentary for kids. Can, do you want to talk about that? Yeah, so Embrace the documentary is is able to be seen by uh, in schools for the 14, 15-year-olds. And I've spent uh, the last couple of years um, in and out of schools, uh, hundreds of schools, uh, 
working with students. They watch the film. But what I've found is that trying to reverse years of the body loathing that's really become a foundation of who they are at that age um, was really hard to, to change. So I want to make a film for the 8 to 12-year-olds so we can sort of really get our foot in the door early before these um, these issues sort of, you know, attach themselves um, as they're becoming teenagers. So Embrace Kids, it'll have the same spirit and, and heart and storytelling as Embrace the Documentary, uh, a little less vulva and a little <laughs> less F-bombs um, in that film, more appropriate. Um, but um, I just feel really confident knowing that if we can get this really positive body image content into their brains at that young developmental age, um, as opposed to later later on when it's just so embedded with who they are, yeah. um, I think we're going to see some really positive um, health and, and mental uh, mental health outcomes from getting kids to watch this film. Fantastic. I love that. And, you know, we haven't even really talked in detail. We have covered it in some previous episodes of this podcast, but just how much of a problem body image is. Young kids dieting, you mentioned as well, like really, really young. The younger, the better. We need to be getting these messages out there. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it's it's terribly heart heartbreaking. Um, and, you know, I always say I leave schools uh, with a wet cheek, you know, just from all the tears, from all the stories. Um, it's it really is an epidemic of body hating out there for our young kids and it's their number one issue across mm. Australia is, wow. is body image is is where they're feeling it so we need to do something about it so yes I'm going to run a marathon and um, I'm going to ask everyone I know um, to sponsor me uh, to raise half a million dollars to make this film and then we're going to give it to schools across the world as a free resource take it get it into schools talk about it um, um, there'll be parent packs. There'll be uh, teacher study guides. Like, it's so important. Um, so, yes, if I see you in the street, I'll probably ask you for a couple of bucks. <laughs> Good for you. I, hey, I will, I'll be donating. No question about that. Thanks. <laughs> Before we sign off, can I just ask you to maybe give people, I know you've got your course, but what are three tips, what are three things people can go away and do today or start doing differently today to start turning around that their relationship with their body? Sure. Um, look, get off the scales yeah. uh, is a really easy one. The scales don't determine your health or your value. Jump into photographs. You know, when someone says, hey, I want to get a photograph to, to, to capture this moment in time, don't be the person that says, I hate having my photograph taken. Just jump in. And the third thing, I want everyone to relabel their body you know, these legs of mine that have got cellulite and stretch marks and they wobble, they've run a marathon and they're running, you know, three or four times a week. They're, they're incredible legs. These breasts of mine that have fed 4,000 meals to my, you know, three children. Yeah, they don't look perky like they used to, but look what they've done. My arms, you know, the tuck shop arms. I don't call it that, but I know women do. Mm. You know, women are so afraid to, to wear sleeveless dresses in summer because of this wobble under their arms. Without these arms, you can't love your kids or your loved ones. Like, just be grateful. Relabel your body. Find the gratitude. Find the magic in your bodies. And remember that your body is not an ornament. It is the vehicle in life. And you are not meant to spend another day of your life at war with your body. Enjoy them. 
Thank you so much, Taryn. It has been a pleasure. I look forward to seeing what you do next and I'll be supporting you, cheering you on every step of the way. Thank you so much. Lots of love, everyone. What a dynamo Taryn is. She is on a mission to change the world. If you would like to get involved in the body image movement, I would encourage you to check out her four-week online program, which you can find at embraceyouonline.com. And if you want to see the documentary and you haven't already, you can find out where you can see that at bodyimagemovement.com. We love hearing from you. So if you love this show, please give it a rating and a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts or get in touch with me personally, hello at castun.com. Also, if you're interested in the Crappy to Happy book, which I've just released, it's available for order and the link is in the show notes or you can come to my website, castun.com. Thank you so much for listening to season three of Crappy to Happy. It's been such a pleasure to bring you these conversations. I really hope that you have enjoyed listening to them as much as I enjoyed having them. I'm excited to continue bringing you even more insights from inspiring people. And this show is for you. So please do let me know what you love and what you would like to hear more of. Leave a review on iTunes or email me directly at hello at castan.com. I welcome all of your feedback and your input into future episodes. Crappy to Happy is recorded in the Podcast One studios. Produced by Dave Zwolenski. Audio production by Darcy Thompson. For more episodes and to check out other great podcasts, go to podcastone.com.au or download the app.